Wow, what a privilege it is for us to partner with Alan Murdoch and the good folks at Project Connect and be part of the difference they're making all throughout Middle Tennessee. You know what's going on, the pandemic, the economic shutdown, and some of the people who have been affected most by it are the ones who can endure it least. They don't have the resources, don't have the connections. So the ministry like Project Connect is even more important now than it was before. That's why this moment is so important. It's the moment that you and I, because of the blessings God has given to us, have an opportunity to bless the community around us through our giving. You can text 623-623 with a dollar amount. You can get on the website, hit the give button, or you can mail your check to the church facilities. Any and all of those work. Just know how important it is that in this moment that we give and give generously to be part of the work that Project Connect and all of our partners are doing during this time. Let's pray together for Project Connect and those who are doing ministry throughout the Middle Tennessee area during this time of pandemic and economic uncertainty. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, take everything we are and everything that we have. Use us. Multiply us so that the real needs of people are met in such a way that they glorify you, believe in you, and become all that you created and dreamed that they would be. And we pray this in your name. Amen. I don't know how it happened, but I got old. I look in the mirror and there's a face looking back at me that kind of looks like a guy I used to know, but parts of him I don't recognize at all. I feel like I've been standing in the same place doing the same things, but life takes its toll, doesn't it? You know, once you reach a certain age, you begin to talk about legacy. What am I going to leave behind once I am not here? What are people going to talk about once I am gone? Is my life going to make any difference at all? If it's not already, hang on. The word legacy will become increasingly important to you. Is it going to matter that I was here at all? What difference is it going to make that I lived? Am I going to leave anything behind? So you'll think about planning for your future, however short that future might be. You'll think about taking care of your family. You'll get insurance. You'll make sure your investments are right. You'll get a will. And you'll take care of all of those details. But here's what you'll find out. The only thing that you will leave behind is what you have invested in the lives of other people. Your legacy, my legacy, is in the lives of those people in whom we have invested. That's what the Apostle Paul knew. That's what he wanted Timothy to learn. We're going to read the same passage we read last week. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Open your Bibles. Read along with me. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. What you have heard from me 
in the presence of many witnesses, commit to the lives of faithful men who will be able to teach it to others also. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Your word written so long ago, Father, has a way of finding us at just the right time, with just the right word. It's amazing how your spirit can bring to life these syllables again to us. So we pray as we hear Paul's word to Timothy that we will hear your word to us. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, if you're paying attention at all, you recognize that that's the same verse we read last week. Garrett, who started this series of three sermons on the same passage, read this verse for you. Hey, guess what? Next week, we're going to read the same verse. Why? Because I want to drill down on this passage. Why? Because it's that important right now in this time for our church to understand what Paul was trying to get Timothy to understand. 2 Timothy, we believe, was Paul's last letter. Paul is imprisoned in Rome. Timothy is in Ephesus. So Paul sends a letter. In there, he encourages uh, Timothy to continue the ministry that Paul has started and do the ministry that Paul, through the Holy Spirit, has called out of Timothy. And that ministry? Receive the gospel. The gospel you've heard from me, Paul says, the gospel you have heard testified, validated in the witnesses of those people who were in your life, including your grandmother and your mother. You take that gospel and you invest it, you commit it in the lives of other people. Now, I want to stop right here. Most of you listening to me will claim to be Christian. Most of you will tell me you don't know anybody who's not a Christian. Most of you will say whenever we talk about evangelism that the one problem you have with evangelism is that you don't know who to witness to. One of the saddest realities that I know of personally that any pastor will tell you is that the richest harvest field for evangelism is the congregation of any local church. Why? Because we have become so casual in our Christianity that people with just a nominal understanding of Jesus can claim to be Christian. You know, Nashville is the worst city in the world about dropping names. Uh, you'll mention someone, a famous entertainer or, or a musician, and somebody said, well, I know him. I know her. And you'll say, really, how? And then when you really push the story, what you find out is, well, they saw him in the mall. The same way. We have a lot of people in our churches who drop Jesus' name. But when you really push them, they don't know him at all. So maybe you don't listen to any more of this service but to this point, make sure that you know him and not just about him. 
Out of that overflow, Paul tells Timothy, comes your engagement with other people. Now, the point of investing your life in the lives of other people is so that they too can find their mission and their ministry and invest their lives in the gospel of Jesus Christ in someone else. We just don't come and study the Bible so we'll be smart at Jeopardy. So that when Alice Trevec throws up the Bible category, ooh, ooh, we know all those answers. That's not the point. The point of the Bible study is to know Christ better. Why? So I can be more like Christ. Invest your lives in the other people. Faithful men who will then pass it along to someone else. Now notice the process. First, know God's story. One mistake we make when we study the Bible is we study one verse at a time, one word at a time, and it's great to go deep. It's great to just tear the verses apart and understand every noun and every verb. But sometimes you need to, be, you need to read big chunks. You need to read whole books. And yes, you can read the gospel at one sitting. Yes, you can read the book of Romans, the letter to Romans uh, in one sitting. You can read books at a time. So you can see the great sweep of how God is working in people's lives across generations, across time and across history to accomplish his purposes. So that you'll know this great salvation story that's revealed to us ultimately and supremely in the life of Jesus Christ. You'll know that story. And you'll know how your story connects to his story. Now I know some of us don't want to spend a whole lot of time remembering our story is very painful, and I don't want to bring up anything that would cause you pain, but I do want to encourage you every now and then to remember where you were when Jesus found you, to remember what happened when Jesus came to you, to remember what it is to be lost, to not know where you are, how to get back, how to get where you were going. And that overwhelming joy of knowing that Christ found you and the difference that he's made. You see, when you're talking to somebody who wants to know about Jesus, they want to know if he's real. They want to know if he's real to you. They want to know about the difference he's made in your life. So know God's story. Know your story. So you can help your friends find their story. After all, Living with Jesus is the best way to live. It's the most freeing way to live. It's the best way to understand who you are, best way to understand how the world is and how it works. It's just simply the best way to live. And I want that for my friends. I want that for people I love. And I want them then to share it with people that they love. Invest in the lives of other people. It's the only thing you'll be able to leave behind. Paul invested in Timothy and Titus because he understood great leaders always train their successors. We talk about this in business all the time. A company will have a great CEO and then they will struggle as they try to find a successor to this CEO who is now retiring who can lead the company the way that she did? Who can be as successful as she was? Now you think about the great heroes of the Bible. Follow their lives. Moses, well, he trained Joshua. 
Elijah, he trained Elisha. Paul, he trained Timothy and Titus. Jesus trained the 12. Of the 12, especially three. Of those three, especially one, Simon Peter. A great leader always trains his successor. Now, I know your, your question. What difference is it going to make? Suppose I train one, maybe two. It's not going to make any difference with all the billions of people in the world. Do you know how you get to a billion? It's not as hard as you think. Uh, let me show you. One person reaches 10. Do you think over the course of your life, I'm not even saying you have to do it this year, next year, next five years. I'm just saying over the course of your life, do you think you can invest your life in 10 people? Then those 10 people invest their lives in 10 people each. Now you have 100. Those 100 people invest their lives into 10 more people. Now, you're at 1,000. Again, you're at 10,000, then 100,000, then a million. And if you do that nine times, 10 to the ninth power, you have a billion. And it doesn't take all that long. Do you know there were about 120 people that gathered in that upper room? On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell on the church, there were about 120 people. And in about 300 years' time, they had not only reached the entire known world, they had become the most powerful engine of influence in the Roman Empire. How? Well, Paul reached Timothy. Timothy reached the brothers and sisters in Ephesus. Uh, from there, the disciples scattered out throughout the Roman Empire. We think John ended up in India. Matthew ended up somewhere in Syria. On and on the list goes. One person telling another person. A famous theologian defined evangelism as simply one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. Know God's story. Know your own story. And help your friends find their story. Hey, by the way, did you notice the only qualification Paul listed? Faithful. That's it. We're looking for someone who's faithful. They don't have to be the smartest. They don't have to be the best looking. They don't have to be the strongest. They have to be faithful. When you think of someone who is faithful, what do you think about? Probably the same thing I do. Faithful people show up. A faithful fan shows up to cheer for the team. A faithful friend shows up. You're looking for those men and women in your life who were so hungry for Jesus Christ so desperate that they'll show up when they do. You invest in them. Remember, 
the only thing you'll be able to leave behind. It's what you have invested in the life of someone else. Let's pray together. Do not let us miss a moment. Do not let us miss a person that you are pulling to yourself that we may invest in to change our life, their life, and the whole world. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Here are three things I want you to think about before we go. One, I want you to answer very honestly this question. Do you know Jesus Christ? I wish there was a way I could be in your living room or wherever you are watching this, and I could sit across from you and I could watch your face while I ask you this question. Do you know Jesus Christ? If you don't, will you text Connect to 623-623, and we'll be in touch with you as fast as we can. Who is it? that God wants you to invest in? Who is that faithful person that's part of your life that now you know? That's why they're there, so you can pour into them. And here's the last question. When are you going to start? Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week.